Hi, my name is Chantal. I have ADHD. Years ago, when I finally decided that I had the strength and that I was miserable enough to not care about the fear of going to get a diagnosis, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression and told that the two usually go together. When you have one, often you have the other. Later, and more recently, when I started to look at whether this was actually ADHD, not because I thought that it was, but because somebody close to me, my husband, had been reading up on it and knew about different presentations of ADHD and actually said, what if that's what you have? What if all these struggles that you're constantly facing are actually not your fault? What if there's something going on, something that could actually be addressed, something you could get help with? He put the idea out there, and at first I thought, mm, I don't know. But the more I read, the more I understood, because to me, ADHD didn't look like something I would have. So when I started down that road and started to ask my doctor about ADHD, he thought, yeah, actually, it sounds like you might. And then I was referred to a psychiatrist. This was a psychiatrist who, in his write-up online, says that he does know about ADHD and can help people with ADHD. Except, I don't think he realized that he didn't know everything he needed to know about the presentations of ADHD and how they can be different. So I went down that road and through this psychiatrist, I was diagnosed again with anxiety, depression, and told that the causes are multifactorial, but that none of those factors could possibly be ADHD because I was able to sit down in a chair for 45 minutes, looking at him on a screen, of course, COVID days, so it was an online appointment, and I had been known to be able to read a novel, actually sit down and read a novel, and eventually, you know, finish a novel. Not in one sitting, of course, but that I was able to actually read books that I wanted to read for pleasure, and that because I could do that, I couldn't possibly have ADHD. Now, while it's true that I actually do have anxiety, and I actually do have depression, I also actually have ADHD. And having seen a specialist in ADHD and been officially diagnosed, and learning more about what I have and how it manifests for me personally, I am realizing that the anxiety and depression, while they can be primary concerns, they, they can be things that just exist on their own, they can also actually be caused by having ADHD. So in my case, anxiety and depression, while I have them and while they're real, anxiety and depression are actually symptoms. And actually, it's ADHD.
Now, as I said, ADHD can actually present in a lot of ways. Um, symptoms can vary. One person might have a symptom that someone else who has ADHD as well doesn't have, or they might have the same symptom, but to different severities. It might affect them in different ways. Also, let's look at ADHD. It used to be ADD, and there was also ADHD, Attention Deficit Disorder and Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Now, they've been regrouped into the one umbrella, under the one umbrella, ADHD. Now, some people have an internalized presentation, which means that they can be sitting down and paying attention, or look like they're paying attention and not fidgeting and not running around the room. They can sit down with a psychiatrist and look at them for 45 minutes and not need to get up and run around. But inside the brain, it is just chaos. And I didn't realize what kind of chaos was in my brain because I was so used to it. To me, it was just normal. My brain was like that from a very young age. I never knew anything different. So there was no contrast between what does a chaotic brain and what does a typical brain feel like? How would I know the difference? Of course, well, before I get into that, so that's the presentation that is internalized. And then there's the other presentation, which is hyperactive, which is where you see the people who get diagnosed when they're children because they're quote-unquote unruly, they're running around, they can't sit down and listen to a teacher, they're quote-unquote disruptive. And that squeaky wheel gets the grease. So when you have more of the H, you have a better chance of having gotten diagnosed when you were young, and maybe even possibly a better chance of getting diagnosed later too. Now, there are also people who have a mix, who don't always have the H, but who sometimes have the H. For me, it is all internal. I don't have the H. And I was a quiet kid. Also, when you look at tendencies, when you look at norms, when you look at data, yes, it's true that a lot of what you see is going to have some consistency. There's going to be a lot of stuff around a certain middle range. But there's always outliers. I'm an outlier. A lot of people with ADHD, even the non-hyperactive variant, shall we call it, um, no, not variant, that sounds terrible in these times, um, the non-hyperactive presentation. Well, a lot of us, it's horrible to say, it's horrible to think about, but a lot of us don't make it through post-secondary education. Now, it's not the end-all be-all of life to have a post-secondary education, but wouldn't it be nice if, well, say if you're seeking to do a degree, wouldn't it be nice if once you enroll and you've paid money, wouldn't it be nice if you could actually be able to get that degree? 
that's the sad part, is that a lot of people end up having to drop out because of this, because of undiagnosed ADHD. And I'm an outlier, which is also part of what probably made me hard to diagnose. I have a degree. I found it extremely difficult. It took me six years instead of four, where some people who are incredibly energetic, driven, who knows what, are able to sometimes even do it in three, which is not usual, but it's possible. For me, even doing it in the usual four was impossible. But there you go. I have a degree. I've been able, at, at great personal tax, to hold down a job full-time for years in very difficult fields for, for people like me who have, who have had undiagnosed ADHD. Of course, it's diagnosed now. But all of these things, all of these things that I was able to do, but not easily at all, well, they make it hard to diagnose. And the more we grow up, the more we're conditioned to be a certain way, the more we mask and the more we learn coping mechanisms to help us just sort of get on and get through. And the more you adopt those things, well, the less evident and problematic the symptoms seem, and therefore, well, they don't look like problems. They look like things that you're handling. But there's the key when you're an adult getting diagnosed with ADHD or thinking about whether you have it. It's not about, can I do these things, period? Am I completely unable to manage my life, period? It becomes more about how taxing is it? How much does it take for you to do certain things that should be relatively easy for a typical person? It's looking at those differences and really, really thinking about it. And it can be hard. So, I have ADHD. I never would have thought it. And actually, before recording this episode, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine, and we were talking about ADHD. We were talking about starting this podcast, how this was going to go for me, what sort of things I was maybe wanting to talk about or touch on in this first episode. And one of the things that came up was she sort of said to me, you know, when you were first diagnosed and you told me about it, I thought, wow, she has ADHD? Really? I, I never would have thought. Huh. And this friend of mine actually was in university with me, so she's seen my performance. She's seen my brains. She's seen... I mean, obviously, she probably didn't see my struggle at that time because I was really struggling to cover it up. And sometimes that's easier in post-secondary if you're lucky enough to choose the right thing and if the work that comes with that is manageable. But all of those things are out of your control, of course. Um, but, you know, if you pick something you're really interested in, your brain gives you an easier time sometimes, depending on the workload and how that looks and what your, what your abilities are there. But yeah, she was in university with me. We were in a lot of the same classes. And she said she just never would have associated ADHD with me. She never would have thought, oh, Chantel, she must have ADHD. No, she never would have thought that. And 
and of course she she's so lovely she never said like oh are you sure you have it no she <laughs> never ever said that she was just curious to learn more um but she also said something that i i, I immediately identified with uh she said uh, did you ever watch desperate housewives which at the time it was originally airing yes i did um i didn't get very far but yes i did and we were we were reminiscing about lynette and so this was a a working mom who had uh, a a brood of boys um they were very energetic they were kind of oh she had a hard time sort of managing them because she well she had a lot on her plate and you know sometimes it's hard to chase after a bunch of kids it, it's just really it takes a lot of energy you know sometimes more than a single person has so understandably um she was overwhelmed and two of her kids it turned out had actually had ADHD and so they were looking at medicating these boys and the medication I think that they were looking at at the time was, I think, Ritalin. And it was sort of doping the kids up. I think that's sort of how you might describe that with our current understanding. Is It's like they, they were dopey. They were, you know, they would take the medicine and they would be sort of glassy-eyed in class and sort of just incredibly subdued and not necessarily in a good way, honestly. Um, very concerning to me. And... Um, but she went down this rabbit hole where she was having a hard time keeping up with life at home. And a friend of hers on a parent's committee had given her this tip that, uh, oh, well, my sons also have ADHD or my daughter has ADHD. And sometimes I nip one of her pills and it gives me superhero strength or what have you. Um, so Lynette does this. She takes some of the the kids' Ritalin and turns into this taskmaster, just do it, do it, do it. She gets it all done. She's working into the night. She's got crazy energy. It's like she's been hopped up on incredible amounts of, of hyper coffee and then eventually burns out like, well, like a drug problem. It was a drug problem. And that's, that's what they showed. Um, so that's how she knew ADHD. And that's also what I thought of ADHD. It was like, okay, it makes these super active kids really dopey okay and for someone who doesn't have adhd like lynette it makes them into this whoa superhuman get it all done kind of uh what do you call that rabbit energizer bunny so yeah and also the addictive nature of it now the medications that we have today are very different um i mean and and that's not you know, they, they weren't bad medications intentionally. It wasn't, it wasn't malevolent that, you know, the way that doctors created these. It's just, you know, it's, it's like anything with science, with medicine. Um, some of it is stuff that we can figure out kind of before giving it to people, but, but some things are also a little bit trial and error, you know, uh, sometimes you need to try in order to get long-term data. It's just, I mean, Every, every different matter in science has a different approach that comes with it. And yeah, sometimes it is the wrong approach. But in any case, all, all I'm saying here is that um, intentions aside, um, the, the medicines were not great back then, and they've gotten a whole lot better. Um, 
nowadays, with the sophisticated medications we have at our disposal, and the understanding we have about dosage, is, you know, it's, it's just, it's eons away from what it was. It's not, it's not addictive. It's not something you have to worry about as being like, oh, I'm on drugs. Um, no, it, it's a lot more sophisticated. Um, and the options are wider. So different things for different people. You know, it's, it's just, you know, with science, it's always evolving, which is what you want. Um, do we ever want to get to a point where we don't want to know more today than we did yesterday? Hopefully not, right? That's that's the thing we always have to remind ourselves, I guess, with science is just, do we want to know tomorrow more stuff than we did today? Of course we do. So that means there's always room for improvement, and we should always keep pursuing knowledge. So, um, yeah, that's what I thought ADHD was. That's what she thought ADHD was. And I never would have thought based on that, that I had it, but I do. So why am I doing this? I'm, I'm making this podcast. Let, let me describe what I'm doing here. Um, so I'm, I'm doing this because, well, I, I've been newly diagnosed and with that comes a lot of learning and a lot of reframing and a lot of just sort of figuring out how to go about life in a way that is sort of framed by ADHD where, where I can say, okay, um, now that I'm not spending all this energy trying to figure out what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, what are all these options that could be things that are wrong with me now that, now that I'm not having to figure out what's up now I can actually zero in on this and say, okay, now that I know it's ADHD, let's look at ADHD and what that is and what are tips and tricks that work for people with ADHD? What are things that don't work for us? And how do I try and apply those to my daily life and see if certain things help, if certain things don't help, see if I can make any of my life easier, see if certain choices will be, you know, like just see what this is and, and how it fits into my daily life and what I can do about it now that I know what I'm dealing with, you know? So... It's a new year. I have a lot of hope for this new year. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a big New Year's resolution type person. Um, ah, I find resolutions kind of make me nervous because they're things that I can fail at. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, there is something nice about looking at a fresh new year and picking out some goals that kind of get you excited. And it's okay if you you know, they're not goals that you have to hit. They're just sort of directions you want to go in. And one of the directions that I want to go in this year, having been newly diagnosed and having only started my very first medication for ADHD last fall, I want to learn more about ADHD. I want to learn about it in general, what it's like for different people. I'm already understanding little bits of things now because I'm part of an ADHD group. Oh, my apologies for that ding. That was my phone, which I didn't turn off because, yeah, turning that off now. So, um, what does it look like in general? And I'm part of a group for ADHD. We meet online because pandemic. Um, and it's, it's so fascinating seeing 
all of the bits of ADHD that are kind of unique to each person, that are slightly different from person to person, and also the things that are sort of the same that we can all understand and relate to in a very, uh, you know, in a first-person way, in a personal way. So I want to learn about ADHD in general, and I want to talk about it and educate about it, but I also maybe even more so want to take that and then try and understand what ADHD is for me, because as I said, it's it's a little different for every person. The presentation is different. Certain things I can do that someone else can't do and vice versa or, you know, to different to different extents. So I want to look at really what is it that I'm dealing with? How is it? And I I hear that having ADHD brings positives too, that there are things that I might be able to do or that are special about me that I wouldn't have if not for ADHD. Now, I'm still so early on in the process of just digesting all of this that all I'm still seeing are the negatives and the things that I need to manage. But my hope, because I, I do believe people when they say that, my hope is that in learning more about it, eventually maybe I'll get to a point where I am able to see those things and appreciate those things while also dealing with the other stuff associated with ADHD for me. So, I want to look at it all and start this... Uh, I, I hesitate to use the word journey, but it, it sort of is, you know, start this journey into ADHD. Not through ADHD, because I know that ADHD has no end. It's a thing I have. Medication doesn't make it go away. It makes it easier to manage symptoms for. So not into, uh, sorry, not through, not around, but into ADHD, into my ADHD. And I'd like to document that in case, I don't know, in case people find it interesting or helpful. Also just for me to document it, because this is kind of a new thing and I'm still kind of confused by it all and intrigued by it all and very curious. And I need more knowledge on this whole thing. So I thought, why not share it? Why not possibly do it together with a community? If anyone feels like listening, hey, I'm just going to be candid. I'm going to share. That's what this is here for. So I'm going to cover a lot of topics in this. I really want to look at how ADHD affects me, how it is me, how it isn't me, how it affects my life and what I can do, what I can't do. So I'm going to look at home life. I'm going to look at chores that I can't do and things I have on my to-do list that just never seems to stop growing. Um, I'm going to look at work. You know, what's it like trying to find a job when you have ADHD? What's it like holding down a job when you have ADHD? What's it like going to a job interview when you have ADHD? Just the whole work thing and, and how work actually takes up a lot of our day-to-day -day life. So like, what does that mean for us? I want to look at hobbies. I want to look at failure. I want to look at, well, quote unquote failure. I want to look at the wins that we have, the special things we can do. I want to look at relationships. I want to look at friendships. 
I want to look at everything to do with this and try and understand it in a very personal way, but also in a generalized way. So I hope you'll come with me for this, and I hope you'll find it interesting. And, um, you know, I just, I hope there's something in here that's useful to somebody other than just myself. If it's useful for me too, that's great. But yeah. Now, a quick note. Um, I am very new to this. My technical skills, uh, you know, I, they're, they're not bad. I can always learn new things on a computer. I can learn new things on a phone, etc., etc. They're not bad, but my technical skills for podcasting specifically, you know, I'm actually new to this. So it's likely that my skill's going to improve as we go on. It's also likely that the sound and editing is going to get better, more polished, more listenable as I go on. So. Yeah, if I could ask, please bear with me, and I'm sorry for the quality maybe not being amazing at the start. And hoping that it should get better. And hoping that it's not so terrible at the start, that it's just unlistenable. With that, I am going to conclude for today, and say thanks for your time, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.